Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, everyone, and welcome to DevRaga Personal Finance, and this is episode 63. Now, in this episode... Um, I've had a fair few questions in the last few weeks about super and particularly with reference to SMSF. Um, so in this episode, I thought I will discuss superannuation fees and use a particular example where a person didn't know they were being charged fees which they probably shouldn't have been charged to. So we'll use a bit of an example to discuss about how fees can potentially eat up your investment nesting particularly a retirement fund, with a special focus on SMSFs, which is, for overseas listeners out there, it's called self-managed super funds in Australia, which is very, very popular, particularly in the last 10 years. Now, just remembering that the purpose of this channel is to learn about finances, and by learning, you can apply some basic principles so your retirement can be more secure. In my humble opinion, there are five steps that I think everyone should take when managing their finances. Step one is pay yourself first. When you go out and earn a lot of hard-earned money, make sure you take 20% of after-tax income and put it for yourself. What does that mean? That means investing that money, which is step two, into a well-diversified portfolio, property, bonds, stocks, index funds, whatever it is that you feel comfortable doing. Uh, make sure you understand your investments. Don't invest in things that you don't understand. Um, and that's step two. So that 20% goes straight into that straight off the top as soon as you earn that income. Step three is always reinvest the dividends that you get from the um, uh, that you get from the investments. So don't try and cash out the dividends and don't spend them. Make sure you put it back into the investments. Over the long term, the dividends will compound mm -hmm. and the investment will compound as well. And step four, invest for the very long term. You know, we're talking ideally 20, 30, 40 plus years. So the most important thing is if you're a teenager or in your early 20s listening to this podcast, start saving money, start investing because you've got 40 to 50 years of investment horizon ahead of you. And over the long term, the um, compounding dividends just make a huge difference to your investment portfolio. And lastly, my favorite step, try and automate the process. If you automated the process so that everything kind of happens without you having to manually invest, then the chances are you're less likely to forget and the chances are it's going to keep happening in the background and one day, hopefully in 30 years' time, you'll open up your superannuation or your investment accounts and just gasp breathlessly um, and hopefully you'll just have you know so much more money than you probably need to invest, which is great. Now, if you did this, that's what's likely to happen. I mean, nothing's guaranteed in life, but you're likely to end up with more in retirement wealth than what you would have imagined. And with wealth comes responsibility. Money doesn't bring happiness, but it provides you with a tool. Money is just a tool which you can use to improve your life and most importantly, to improve the lives of people around you. Now, 
lastly, thanks for all the feedback as well and messages mainly on Facebook. Lots of questions. It's really good to get feedback on the podcast channel and the episodes uh, and especially about future topics because, you know, I don't come up with these topics myself. There's a fair bit of community spirit here, obviously in the background, not, not in the public forums, which is fine. Um, and uh, also next week is Christmas. So Merry Christmas to everyone and hope you have a great Happy New Year celebrations as well. Um, so stay safe during this time. So it's a very, very busy time of the year, particularly in the shopping centres. Um, it's I feel it's one of the best times of the year. It's a very joyful moment. Uh, traffic is absolutely less than what uh, what it would have been because schools have officially uh, finished, I think, in Victoria at least. Um, kids are more home, which is great, and some parents may enjoy that a bit more than others, and other parents might be dreading that. Um, and of course, it's time to spend time with your family and have friends and get-togethers, uh, particularly next week for Christmas. And generally speaking, uh, in Australia, this is summer, which means the weather is hotter, a little bit better than your cool winters. Um, and although Melbourne this summer has been a little bit more cooler than usual, but we are coming up to a very, very hot period in the next few days. And of course, this is a time to reflect on all the volunteers, the people in emergency services, fire ambulance healthcare workers, one of which I am, will be required to power on through this time of the year and work on Christmas Day, work on New Year's Day, work on Christmas Eve. I know I am, and shout out to all of you from me to keep the country running to allow others to enjoy this very, very special time of the year. So thank you very much for all of you. Um, so back to the sort of main topic about fees and SMSFs and superannuation. Uh, this topic was actually inspired by a few people that have contacted me over the last few weeks, uh, particularly with one person who's provided me with their SMSF statements and because they weren't really sure about how to interpret it and they weren't really sure whether changing over from an industry super fund to an SMSF was the right decision. Something told them that something was not up. So um, I had an opportunity to have a look at those statements. By all means, I'm not a financial advisor. So, you know, take all of this podcast episode details with a grain of salt. You know, I'm not here to provide you with specific financial advice, but I'm happy to help out. But please see your accountant, your lawyer or your financial advisor when it comes to specific financial information. But I had a look at these statements because they were concerned and um, they basically, you know, wanted to get a, you know, third opinion, so to speak, from a layperson. So, uh, and 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 that's exactly what I provided. So the concerns that expressed was the performance was less than the ASX 200 index fund. So that compared the performance to the ASX 200 index fund over the last sort of 12 months or so, and they sort of felt that their performance of the SMSF was less. Um, and they had a bit of an inkling about some of the fees that were being charged in the SMSF, which they felt was a little bit higher what their previous fees were under an industry super fund. So, and the particular fees that they were really concerned about was something called ongoing advice fees, okay? So before uh, you sort of, you know, we go ahead after this episode, I want all of you to Google ongoing advice fees with respect to ASIC, which is the Australian Securities and Investment uh, Commission in Australia. Um, I think you should Google it, learn about it, because you'll be surprised. Then the next thing I want you to do after this episode is check your SMSF statement and check your superannuation statement and also check all of your investment statements 
to see if you are actually being charged with ongoing advisor fees because you'll be quite surprised because if you are, you've got to ask yourself, what advice are you receiving on an ongoing basis? Now, you may be receiving ongoing advice, but you may not be, and it's important for you to check those statements. So we'll, we'll sort of finish this episode, but after this, I want you to do that straight away. Now, I've discussed fees for your investments in episode six, way back in 2018, showing real-life examples of how fees matter and how much of your nest egg can be eaten up by fees alone. So it's worthwhile going back and listening to that episode to learn about how fees can actually eat up your investments, and we'll be talking about that in this episode as well. And it's really important that you research what sort of fees you're paying for the investment that you're uh, signing up to and what sort of performance you're getting uh, and benchmark it against the average ASX 200. Now, this particular person that contacted me was with an industry super fund, um, and I've kept their name anonymous, of course, which is uh, you know, out of respect. And then their accountant or financial planner has recommended that they transfer the funds from the industry super fund um, and uh, into a SMSF, into a self-managed super fund. I've done an episode on this in the past, so uh, if you want to learn about SMSFs, then it's probably worthwhile to go back and listen to that. But that was a recommendation from the financial planner and the accountant. Now, in that SMSF for this particular person, they have investments. They have stock portfolios, which I suspect are chosen by their financial planner, um, and the stocks are part of a management fund, with this, which is within the SMSF, um, and basically, you contribute to the SMSF just as you would normally contribute to any superannuation fund, and the funds then go into the various managed funds within that SMSF. Okay, remember the SMSF uh, is a trust structure, uh, and again, I've done an episode on trusts, um, which you might be interested in, so um, have a look at the episode list on Spotify or on CastBox to go back and listen to that. But basically, this person had an SMSF that they'd set up through the financial planner, and they had various funds that they're investing their money into within that SMSF. When I looked at the statement, I found some very interesting fees, which was a little bit concerning. Um, and of course, I don't know anything about, you know, um, you know what these fees were for, etc. But But when I looked at the statement... It just didn't add up. And I started asking questions to this person. He said, do you know that you're being charged this fee and that fee? And, and, and of course, they got a little bit concerned as well. So the first fee that I saw was something called management slash investment fee. Now, these fees were occurring on a monthly basis, okay, on this particular statement. Um, and I suspect these fees were percentage-based on the overall value of the SMSF or the amount of money that's in the SMSF. Um, this is understandable. You know, percentage fees are not unusual, which is how most you know fund managers charge fees uh, as part of the expense ratio structure. So it's kind of like a yearly management fee divided by 12 based on the value of the portfolio. Um, now, Vanguard often charges its fees, so it's not a huge problem here. And Vanguard's percentage fees for the wholesale ASX 300 is about 0.16%. Um, but I noted the fees for this particular SMSF fund for one month, will be split into three payments with exactly the same fee. I wasn't sure why this was the case. You know, this needed to be clarified. Um, are they being charged the monthly fee three times, which I thought was a bit odd? Or, you know, why would they be monthly fees which were being taken out three times per month? It just didn't make sense. 
So, um, you know, if you're an expert in this field or an accountant that's listening to this and just cringing with uh, anger, uh, just, just contact me and let me know why that might be the case. Maybe it's common practice. I've never seen it before. Um, so I'd be very, very interested to hear from you. Um, and then again, you know, I'm not trying to criticize, you know, every single, you know, financial planner or accountant or whatever. I mean, they do some wonderful, wonderful work. But the main crux of this episode is to ensure that you understand what fees you pay because it is your money. You need to be able to understand that. You know, just like when you go to JB Hi-Fi and buy a TV and do the research, you know, you need to do your research about your fees associated with SMSFs and super funds as well. The second fee that I thought was interesting was expense recovery fee. Now, again, this is just when the super fund has to pay a fee on your behalf. They will then pass on these costs to the members. So in this case, because it's an SMSF, the SMSF is passing on the fees to its members, i.e. the person who set up and owns the SMSF, its fund members. But I noted the expense recovery fee was on a monthly basis. So maybe the funds that they're having within the SMSF are charging fees, and that fee is then passed on to the members of the SMSF. This was a little bit strange. Again, not a big deal if it's a small amount, but it needed a bit of clarification. So we're up to fee number two, aren't we? So here we go. This is the third fee that I noticed called the administration fee. Again, this is an addition to the management and investment fee, which was interesting. So the person was getting charged administration fee on top of the management and investment fee, which was also on top of the expense recovery fee. Now, when I looked up this particular fee, this fee was usually charged to the members to manage the administration side of things. The cost of the superannuation fund, the SMSF, is passed on to its members. Okay, so basically it's you know, accounts for various administrative tasks like sending out statements, uh, providing online services, uh, recording transactions and contributions, etc. Now, according to 2017 ASIC rules, this should be reported under two headings. So I did a bit of research on this. When it says admin fees, which is plural, um, this is basically the account keeping fee. But when it says admin fee as a singular, this is when the trustee, um, you know, the, the operating cost, uh, cost for the trustee, that is what the administration fee is, So, which, are, which was very interesting. So a plural version of the same fee is actually for a different reason as opposed to a singular version of the same fee. And it may appear in your statement as different, plural or singular. So have a look at it. I'd be interested to see whether in your super fund and SMSF, there is such a thing as admin and admins fee, which was which I thought uh, which I thought was interesting. So, you know, we're, we're up to fee number three here. So now you can see how the fees are adding up. Now, I looked at the statement for only two months for this person. So in that two months, I saw all these fees adding up. Now, um, then I noticed something even more interesting. So now we're up to fee number four. And this is the crux, which I got a bit worried. It's called advisor fee or ongoing advisor fee. So then I contacted the owner of the SMSF and I said, look, what sort of monthly advice do you get to justify an ongoing monthly advisory fee? And the answer was, and I quote, what do you mean, Devraga? I don't get any monthly advice. That is a red flag. So this fee was being charged to the member on a monthly basis for something they were not receiving. Again, after this episode, I want you to Google ongoing advisory fees to see what sort of information you can learn about it. There's been a lot of ASIC information on this, and ASIC have come down quite hard on organizations that charge this without actually providing the necessary advice to the actual fund member. 
So in other words, here's another way of looking at this, right? Supposing you went into an electronics store, you didn't buy anything, you just browsed around and walked around and, you know, spoke to a couple of customer service agents who provided, you know, uh, you know, maybe just said hi to them and they didn't actually provide any advice, anything useful. But on the way out, the electronics store said, sorry, we're going to have to pay you, we're going to have to, you know, pay us some advisory fees. Would you pay it? Well, your first response is, well, hang on, I didn't receive any advice. I didn't buy anything. I just browsed and just walked away and I just said hello to your staff. I didn't do anything. They didn't do anything special for me. Would you actually pay the advisory fee? The answer would be no. And that's exactly what was happening for this particular person's statements. They were being charged advisory fees. And as far as they're aware, they're not actually getting any monthly advice. So then I proceeded to Google this ongoing advisory fee issue. What does it mean? Is it actually legal to charge ongoing advisory fees for SMSF fund members or any investments? It doesn't have to be superannuation. This is for any investments. Uh, Is it actually legit? Here's what I found. The financial advice fee, the ongoing advisory fee, is only charged if you have sought financial advice from a licensed financial planner or advisor, either via the phone or in person or in writing. The person involved sought this advice as a once-off initially, But then we've noted they're being charged an ongoing advisory fee without actually being provided advice. So in 2015, the Australian Securities and Investment Commission, um, and since then, they've done a lot of work on this, has come down really hard on this type of fees. It's called ongoing fees for advice for no service provided. So in this case, in a month's time, there were four fees which were being charged to the SMSF owner for what benefit? right? So the first fee was a management fee. Then there was an expense advice, um, expense recovery fee, I beg your pardon. Then there was the administration fee, which there's two types of that. And then the ongoing advisory fee. Now, even accounting for the first three fees, which, you know, somewhat is legitimate when you think about it, because, you know, this is what happens when you invest. You've got to pay a management fee, the expense recovery fee, and the administration costs. The ongoing advisory fee, which was quite substantial, um, it sort of didn't make sense that they were being charged for it. So my sort of advice to them would, hey, you need to clarify, are you actually getting advice? You know, maybe they're mailing out advice. Maybe they're counting advice as even talking to them on the phone. I'm not sure. It's something that they need to clarify. So, um, and it turned out their performance for all of this SMSF business over the last 12 months was around 8.5%. Now, if they just took their money and invested it in an index fund for that time or actually had index funds within their SMSF, and kept the fees low, then they would have made close to 20% in the last 12 months. So again, the performance of 8.5%, don't get me wrong, it's pretty good performance, but what's the benchmark? And the benchmark is the index, all right? Now, disclaimer, I'm not saying all SMSFs are dodgy. I'm not saying all superannuation funds are dodgy. I'm not saying all financial planners, accountants are dodgy. That's far from what I'm saying. But the point of learning point here is to make sure that you understand that there are fees associated with your investment. Nothing is free in this world. And you need to understand what sort of fees are being charged for your investments. And if you think that's too difficult to understand, you may be surprised how much money you're actually losing in fees over the long term. So, you know, it turns out with this particular person, there was a number of things I needed to clarify and probably better off just being in an industry super fund as opposed to packaging it up into SMSF, uh, which 
you know, they didn't have a huge amount of money in it anyway. So again, uh, I just felt that they just needed to clarify it. Now, maybe I'm wrong, but clarification, of course, remember, this is your money. You need to clarify it. It is your money. You are the client, okay? They are not your client. They are your, you know, people that organize things for you. So you're the customer. You have every right to ask these questions. So the lessons learned here are, number one, check your statements of your SMSF for any investments for fees. Number two, learn about subtypes of fees. Number three, question. Remember, it's your money, your industry super or SMSF manager or your investment manager or financial planner or your accountant. Question them. You are their client. They work for you. And it's not the other way around. And make sure they explain all the fees and how the fees are charged and how the investments are set up. And number four, add up the fees. In this case, the fees added up to over $4,000 per year for a portfolio worth less than $200,000. That's about a 2% annual fee. In my view, if you're paying more than a percent in fees for any investments, whether it's super or not, there is something strange going on because there are cheaper products out there with better performance. 2% in my view is very expensive. So how does 2% management fee affect you in the long term? Let's look at some figures here. Let's take an example. $200,000, 9% annual return, assume, fees of 0.16% per annum, which is comparable to the Vanguard Index Fund, ASX 300, wholesale. And after 40 years of that, you will have $4.176 million. Now, assuming you put some money on a monthly basis. Not bad. Now, the same situation, now fees are about 0.5%. The same 40-year investment horizon, averaging 9% per annum, now you'll have $3.82 million, which is not bad, really. You know, you've gone from $4.176 million to $3.82 million. But that's a reduction of $356,000. That is a loss of income of about 4% per annum in retirement. That is, you get $14,000 less income per year in your retirement based on 4% dividends in the long term. In other words, if, you, if I told you to just take a $14,000 pay cut today in your salary, would you do it? And the answer would be no. So why would you do it in your retirement when it matters the most? Let's use the same situation now. The fees are only uh, you know, 2%. So we've gone from 0.16% per annum to 0.5%. And now the fees are 2%, the same four-year investment hori- uh, sorry, 40-year investment horizon, average of 9% per annum return. Your 4.17 million that you would have got with a 0.16% expense ratio, beg your pardon, now becomes 2.6 million. It almost halves. So you've just lost approximately $1.6 million in your retirement. That's 40% of your gains due to fees. That is how 2% annual fee can affect you in the long run. How can that be, right? It's only 2%. Well, fees can compound as well as capital gains can compound as well as investment returns can compound, okay? 2% is a lot. It's not just 2%. It can really eat into your retirement. And in this particular example, 2% in my view is just too much. So if you're paying more than 1% in fees in total, I'd rethink. Are you really getting a significantly you know, better performance by uh, paying that extra bit of fees? 
Now, in my example, I've even, I haven't even added the ongoing advisory fees. I've just added the basic fees. Now, supposing you pay an ongoing advisory fee of even just 0.5%, you'll end up with only $2.29 million, another $300,000 lost due to the advisory fees. In other words, you could have ended up with $4.17 million. Now you only end up with $2.29 million. That's over you know, almost, almost 50% of money just being lost to fees. Okay? Now in the in the in the subtype of fees, what are some of the other types of fees you should be aware of when it comes to superannuation specifically? There's something called a performance fee which which I thought was interesting. This is paid to the super fund manager if they exceed the target performance. So basically the manager gets paid if they suck at performing and gets paid more if they exceed the performance. Now this honestly seems like a very sweet deal. You kind of, you know, win-win situation for the fund managers, which I thought was very interesting. The second type of fee is called a buy-sell spread. The Vanguard, uh, you know, funds charge with this. I know they're not into super, but uh, I thought that was interesting. This is the transactional cost which the management fund has to pay when they buy or sell units. It can be as low as 0.01% of the investment amount you put in. So that's about $0.10 cents per $1,000 invested. So it's a very, very small amount. So, I mean, you can't really avoid that. Brokerage, particularly if you've got SMSFs and ETFs within it, this is when you buy and sell shares or ETF units on the exchange, and it costs uh, uh, costs money to do that. Now, note when you have index funds which are managed, you don't pay brokerage, but there is a buy sell spread which is which is quite low. Okay. Superannuation funds charge exit fees or withdrawal fees. There you go. If you switch supers when you transfer money from one super to another or SMSF. There are fees associated to do this. They come straight off the account prior to transfer of the funds, and these are another form of administrative costs. Okay, they don't call this an administrative fee. They call it exit fee. Um, so admin fees are totally different. Another type of fee is called investment switching fee. So you're within the same super uh, with your SMSF or super fund. You may have growth or growth and in income or aggressive portfolios within that SMSF, Every time you switch between these portfolios, there may be switching fees. So some funds offer this for free, but others don't. You need to check before switching. So if you're one of those people that are constantly watching the market and want to you know, change your investment options, then you need to be aware you may be paying fees unknowingly, which may be eating up the same performance you're actually chasing. So, you know, time in the market, not timing the market. Establishment fee, that's another one. When you set up an account with your super or an SMSF, there's always going to be an establishment fee. I don't think that's avoidable, but obviously if it's exorbitant, it's a bit of a problem. Particularly with SMSFs, you know, you've got to register with ASIC and all that sort of stuff. It, it gets a bit complicated. It really depends on how much you have in the SMSF. Contributions splitting fee, so this is interesting. Uh, you can split your contributions between multiple people in your household, traditionally with your spouse. This means there are tax advantages, but this also means there may be fees associated with this. This is usually done as a concessional contribution so you can reduce taxation. That is, if you're breaching the $25,000 annual limit, you may want to split the contribution into your spouse's super fund who may be a you know, low income earner compared to yourself, a lower income earner, but uh, there may be fees associated with this. It's a good tax efficient strategy, but you need to work out how much you're going to be paying in fees and whether it's actually worth it. Another fee, which is interesting, is Family Law Act Information Request Fee, which is basically when you get divorced, 
through the court system, and I hope you don't get divorced, but you know, some people have to get divorced, and, and that's okay. You want a formal record of your superannuation to be provided such that income or assets can be fairly distributed. Guess what? There's a fee in providing this information as well. Now, I didn't know that. Now, if you have a settlement and want to split your super with your ex-partner, there is also a fee for that too. That's called the Family Law Act Information Request Fee. And of course, the other fees, which, you know, insurance premiums, there's life, income protection, total and permanent disability, and trauma insurance. So, um, you know, that, that again, depending on the superannuation fund, uh, and also your investment fund, you know, uh, there are special fees associated with that. Um, so, you know, there's, there's all these different fees that you need to be aware of and they can really eat up your retirement nest egg. And hopefully this, this example of how getting charged fees for things that you may or may not be receiving, um, is really important to look up. Now for a comprehensive discussion on the topic of personal insurance, I've done an episode, which one of my earlier episodes back in episode five in 2018, go back and have a listen to that. Um, so that that's pretty much about it for this episode. Now, fees are never going to be zero, and it's important to dig into your investments, SMSF, superannuation statements, to actually find out what fees you're paying. I'm not against fees, but paying fees for services which are namesake or flat out you don't receive them is basically scamming by the financial industry at its finest. This is exactly what the Royal Commission talked about when it came to insurance in the banking sector. Um, and this is one of the reasons why I'm excited that people like, you know, not people, but companies like Vanguard getting into the superannuation industry. I hope they do if they're listening, hopefully in the future, because it creates more competition and more competition is good for fee reduction. Now, once again, thank you very much for the topic suggestions. And I hope you've enjoyed this episode on super and fees in general. Uh, next week is Christmas. So stay safe. If you're driving, have holidays, drive carefully. Uh, and, uh, you know, have, have, have a great Christmas period, have a great New Year period as well. So there's not going to be an episode next week because of Christmas holidays. Um, and if you enjoy this podcast, here is what you can do to support it. You can support it by subscribing on CastBox, uh, which is a, a castbox.fm, which is an app on Apple and Android. You can download it and subscribe to this channel. You can subscribe to this via Spotify. You can subscribe to this via Google Podcasts. Um, you can share it with family and friends or anyone who you think will benefit from some financial education, um, So, which is completely fine if you want to share it. I have a Facebook group called Devraga Personal Finance. Come and join it, post topics or uh, comment, etc. We have a fair few members. You know, it's not a huge group. It's a very, very special small group. Uh, and most of all, learn about personal finances. There's so much to learn, but it's complicated. Uh, uh, sorry, it's not complicated, and it can be very, very fulfilling. Okay, so finances is not complicated. Just basically learning the basics just gets you significantly ahead when it comes to retirement. And of course, I learned from a lot of your questions as well. So I really appreciate all of your questions. So this is Dev Rucker, Personal Finance for Episode 63. Until next time, learn about fees in your SMSF, your super fund and investment portfolios, and make sure you ask why you're paying those fees and what benefits you're getting for those fees. Thank you for listening and supporting this channel, and always stay safe.